Hi everyone, and welcome to It's Only Sex Mom, a podcast where we talk about the science, anthropology, sociology, and psychology of sex. Once again, I'd like to say that I'm not an expert on any form of social science. I'm just here to share knowledge I've acquired through personal research. As a continuation of the Virginity series, today we're going to discuss the obsessed over hymen. I was surprised talking to one of my roommates that the things that I knew about the female body were not actually common knowledge. I guess it's just a consequence of constantly researching about sex. You start to live in your own little bubble of weird info. I think the surprise was heightened when I was doing research for this episode. I did a Google search surrounding the hymen and got Google's answers to commonly asked questions and all of them revolved around repairing, regrowing, or regaining virginity through the hymen. I want to first discuss the scientific facts about the hymen, and then talk a little about the pressures that is put on women over such a thin layer of skin. Okay, so let's start with the basics. Let me just preface by saying that yes, the hymen does exist, but it doesn't function like most people think it does. All it really is is a thin mucous membrane right at the front of the vagina. Think the inside of your eyelid. It's created during our development inside the womb. Males and females start with the same parts as fetuses until our DNA decides what the rest of our embryonic development will be. We both start off with an opening that eventually either develops into a vagina and vulva or the testicles. The vagina develops from the inside out and the hymen is just the extra fabric that remains at the opening. It's a bit like how the doorway to your house is shorter and less wide than the full inside. The running question is, why do we even have a hymen? To this day, most medical professionals have no idea why it even exists. Some theories suggest that it's left through evolution from when we walked on all fours. It most likely was just extra protection for keeping dirt and excess moisture out. There are many different types of hymen shapes, but the five that seem to be the main ones are annular hymens. This is where there is an outline of skin around the vagina. This is the most common hymen found. Then there's the septate hymen. This is when the opening contains a bridge of skin. It's sort of like the vagina is separated into two lobes. Then there is the redundant hymen. This is when the hymen has enough skin that it folds in on itself towards the center. Then there's the fimbriated hymen. This has multiple projections and indentations along the rim, making the hymen look ruffled. Last but not least, there is the imperforate hymen. This is when the layer of skin closes up the vagina altogether. This occurs in approximately one in every 2,000 females and must be surgically dealt with. Without an opening, there is no way for menstrual blood to escape the body, and therefore this causes serious medical problems. I'll leave a fun little diagram of different types of hymens on the episode's page on my website. Just fair warning, the page is very much not safe for work. I feel like if someone were to really see what a hymen looks like, they would understand why it took so long to find it in the medical community because it's kind of boring. It's not particularly showy, and it just blends into its surroundings. This is why hymens also come in all kinds of colors and textures, because don't our vulvas also vary in that way? Like our fingerprints, they're unique to each person. And, as Ellen Stokendahl and Nina Brockman point out, since they're so different from one another, there's no way to really test to see if they've been changed by sex. 
Without a baseline of appearance, how could someone possibly find out what a virgin vulva looks like? Now, let's talk about the most well-known euphemism for losing one's virginity, popping one's cherry. This comes from the perception that a girl is supposed to bleed her first time having sex. Two statistics report that really, either 56% or 40% of women bleed the first time they have sex, so basically half of us. Some women are born with a limited amount of blood vessels in their hymen that would cause this phenomenon, combined with the fact that they have a more rigid and thick membrane. And only some women are born with a few nerves in their hymen, which is probably what causes their pain the first time or the first few times they have sex. The rest of us have what is called an elastic hymen. Basically, what this means is that rather than the tearing that most people associate with the loss of virginity or strenuous activity, the skin of the hymen just bounces back. So, for all intents and purposes, if you were to compare the vagina of a woman who had an elastic hymen before and after she had sex, you would see no difference because the hymen would have just assumed its original shape. There was a study done in 2007 where doctors examined 75 girls who had gone through some sort of sexual abuse to see how their hymens were affected. While half of them showed some sort of general trauma or injury, upon further examination, only 20% of them ended up showing signs of change in shape and diameter. Even for the women who don't have elastic hymens, there is a common misconception that the hymen disappears forever when a woman has vaginal sex. But really, if it does end up being torn, like if you were to get a cut on your skin, you might have a little scar, but an entire piece won't just be missing from your body. One cool thing about the hymen, and sometimes I think I should rethink my own definition of cool, is that like every other part of our body, it's ever-changing. Depending on a woman's life stage or with the state of her hormones, her hymen will look different at different times. It can change in shape and or color over time. As obsessed as we have been about it, the hymen hasn't really been the talk of the town for that long. The original use of the term was in ancient Greece, where they used it to describe any type of thin membrane on the body, both in men and in women. In fact, in all of the ancient religious texts, there is a lot of talk about virginity, but the hymen never got a shout-out. Hymen was used to describe the vaginal membrane in the 15th century by Michael Savonarola, but... Hilariously, he placed it in the complete wrong part of the vagina. He stated, The cervix is covered by a subtle membrane called the hymen, which is broken at the time of deflowering so that the blood flows. Later, in 1538, the dictionary produced by Thomas Ellicott defined the hymen as the secret place of a maiden which, when she is deflowered, is broken. Now, that descriptor was very vague in the sense that the location of said membrane was still up in the air. It wasn't until 1544 when Vesalius dissected two alleged virgins. One was a middle-aged nun and the other girl was a hunchback, which he lovingly said was most likely a virgin because, quote, very likely no one had ever wanted her. Though whether or not he did find it is a mystery because, curiously, he never described what it looked like or where it was, nor did he have a diagram of it. This omission continued in later medical texts until 1668 when Thomas Bartholin offered a diagram of the hymen that we know and love today. What really starts to get confusing is that there is pretty much consensus that the hymen is the way it is, 
but there are still medical and scientific professionals that still talk about and believe in a physical virginity. To this day, when criminal investigators are trying to test for any sort of sexual assault, they still check to see if the hymen is intact, especially in younger victims. I am definitely a person who puts all of their faith in science, but scientists and doctors are humans too. They can bring their own misconceptions to their practices. There's no real medical definition for virginity, so why are we so hung up on the hymen? There are many virginity tests that have been performed over the centuries, but I think the world wanted to unify to one single practice. Basically, we took all of our societal pressures on women and used the hymen as the sole symbol for purity. Knowing that, I started to think about how ruthless this notion of the hymen really has been through the ages. If statistically about half of us naturally bleed when we first have sex, then what about our foremothers and women who live in severely strict societies? In many cultures it was, and in various cases is, expected for women to bleed on their wedding nights or else they were accused of lying to their husbands and their in-laws. The in-laws who have given a dowry to her family, which basically means they had paid for her assurance that their daughter-in-law was pure. In fact, that little piece of skin was named after the ancient Greek god of marriage. It's outrageous to think that a lot of cultures today require bloody proof of virginity. Here in America, there are girls who are too scared to horseback ride, bike ride, and use tampons because they don't want to damage their hymens at risk of them losing their virginity. In extreme cases, women are punished in horrific ways if they are proved, in very strong quotations, to have soiled themselves. It got to the point where the UN felt the need to intervene in Afghanistan because girls, some as young as 13, were being sent to jail for not passing the virginity tests that inspect their hymen for any sort of damage, despite the fact that no one knew what these girls' hymens looked like beforehand. In fact, many girls were subjected to multiple tests in a day. One girl in particular said that she was forcibly tested on 10 times in a single day. In many countries, women are required to go through a virginity test to get a job, get married, go to school, and worse, prove that she's been raped. Women have gone through extremes, mainly in, but not limited to, Middle Eastern countries by contracting plastic surgeons to perform hymenoplasties. The purpose of these operations is to restore the hymen to what it used to look like, and guarantee bleeding during intercourse. In Iran, the Ayatollah has declared these surgeries legitimate and say that the women who have them are once again legitimate virgins under the law. Beyond the Middle East, there has been an increase in hymenoplasties in the U.S. by private surgeons. One woman in 2005 decided to get her hymen reattached for her husband to celebrate their 17th wedding anniversary. The reasoning for that one still baffles me. For women who don't have a few grand to spend on surgery, they can, for the low, low price of $29.95, go to a website to buy an artificial hymen that they can use for one night. I'd heard about these things a while back, and it wasn't until I got to the Museum of Sex here in New York that I saw one in person. The display for it indicated where they had gotten it, and that is how I ended up on hymenshop.com. I was particularly entertained and also disturbed by the first claims on the website. Restore your virginity in five minutes with this new, technologically advanced product. Kiss your deep, dark secret goodbye and marry in confidence for only 29 dollars 
They also say that it can be used to spice up your sex life and simulate your first time. I don't know about you guys, but I'm pretty sure most people wouldn't want to relive their first times. Just in conclusion, I want everyone to look at the facts that I've laid out and understand that there is all of this exaggeration for something that is essentially useless at really airing out anyone's dirty laundry. Fundamentally, whether we want to admit it or not, looking for proof in our little friend is just a tool to keep women scared of making mistakes or expressing their affection physically, despite disapproval from their family. I talked about paternity certainty in my first episode, and telling girls that someone will physically be able to tell that they've had sex is just a way of guaranteeing that certainty. It's like Hannah Blank says in her book, it seems much more probable given the importance human beings attach to virginity that our awareness of the hymen came into existence the other way around. We found the hymen because we found reasons to search women's bodies for some bit of flesh that embodies this quality we call virginity. Some physical proof that it existed. I don't want to say that this episode will make big waves in educating people, but if I can do my part to spread knowledge around a little bit, maybe it'll alleviate some weight off of a young woman's shoulders somewhere. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you're listening to this one after my first one, I am so happy that I've caught your attention. We'll be continuing on with the virginity series in the next one. For further research and the sources I used, check out iosmpodcast.com. I hope to see you there, and remember, the start of healthy sex is learning about it. See you guys in the next one.